what's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. Thank you to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. To Dine For The Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. Spiritless supports the conscientious cocktailer who wants to live fully but drink differently. Their signature Kentucky 74 is a distilled non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails. It's zero alcohol zero guilt, and just 15 calories per serving. Whether you go completely spiritless or go halfsies with a foolproof bourbon to lower the ABV in your cocktail, you can get your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. You're listening to To Dine For The Podcast. I'm Kate Sullivan, and you are in for a culinary treat today. Chef Jose Andres made a fortune feeding the world's richest people with his molecular gastronomy. Mm. It's important learning how to eat, even more than learning how to cook. Mm. You cannot be a good cook if you don't know how to eat. And now, he's found a calling feeding those who need it most through World Central Kitchen. His passion for food, for cooking, for business, and for life is unparalleled. Today, we're going to Barcelona, Spain, to dine with him at Bodega 1900, where Spanish tapas and vermouth is on today's menu. Today I'm in Barcelona, Spain, on my way to have lunch with Chef Jose Andres. He has restaurants all over the world, but his love of cooking and his passion started right here in Spain. And so I can't wait to eat at his favorite spot, Bodega 1900. It's wonderful to meet you. How are you? Great. Who's Barcelona treating you? Good? Excellent, excellent. We're here for you, so thank you. Well, I'm here for you. You know, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) If you ask someone where their favorite restaurant is, you're going to start to understand who they are where they're from. So where does Jose Andres, one of the world's most creative culinary minds, want to take me? Bodega 1900, in the heart of Barcelona. From the moment you walk in, you're aware of the passion and precision it takes to create food delicately prepared with love. As if each olive, each anchovy, each bite is a gift from the chef. I love this place. Tradition, in essence, but then it's so much more. Jose is taking me on a rapid-fire tapas tour of Spanish cuisine, where his love for cooking began, and we try a little bit of everything. This has to be the meal of meals, and I'm not <laughs> saying this in a pretentious way. I'm only saying this in a pretentious way. Beat that. No way, Jose. I may be more than 4,000 miles away from my home in Chicago, but the staff and Jose are doing everything they can to make sure I feel at home. 
Why did you take me to this restaurant of all the restaurants in the world? Uh, I grew up in this city, in a little tiny village. Yep. <laughs> a little no, vermouth? No, carta. no, no menu. You eat everything? Everything. You name oh. it. Sorpresa. Festival. Classic tapas is what we're eating? Uh, I don't know if it's classic. Classic needs to be redefined. Mm. You know what may look like classic and traditional today, maybe 100 years ago, was uh, modern. Uh, it's very funny because people lately is this fight between traditional and modernity. Mm -hmm. And what may be traditional today, not too long ago, was super modern. Yes. And we don't, we don't think in those terms. So what makes this restaurant different? Uh, probably what you have right here. Okay, what is this? This is, this is amazing. <laughs> This is very old dish in, in terms of modern cooking. Mm -hmm. But this is a, a liquid olive. A liquid olive. And Ferran and his brother, who runs this place at Bert, who without a doubt are the biggest geniuses of modern cooking history, mm -hmm. came up with this olive that was more than an olive, was a better olive. Imagine an olive that is liquid and is gonna explode in your mouth, mm -hmm. but has the same flavor as an olive. Uh, same feeling of you are eating an olive with your glass of wine or like this, the vermouth that we love so much to have during tapas. Cheers. And you see, it's exactly what you see is what it is. But then they're always pushing the envelope. Let's try it. So no, this you're is going to change your life forever. <laughs> this is going to change my life? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't laugh. So this is liquefying an olive. A liquid olive. A liquid olive. Imagine that you own the only tree in the world where the olives are hanging oh, wow. and they are like a wow. bowl of liquid flavor. And it just explodes. I'm going to give you the second Snap. one. Snap. Two? Yeah. I, I eaten you enough of these? those in my life. <laughs> All right, I'll try another. Actually, to the degree, this is a dish that tells me what's happening with cooking, right? I've sold myself in America more of these olives than the guys that invented these olives. Really? It's like cooking is constantly evolving based on everyone's what everyone brings to it. You and I probably we are everything we are thanks to people that help us be who we are. Jose Andres may be from Spain, but he is an American success story. A true culinary icon, he owns nearly 30 restaurants around the world and has been credited with introducing Spanish tapas to America reshaping the way we eat, see, and think of food. His avant-garde style of cooking blends equal parts science, creativity, flavor, and fun. With an influence so vast, it is truly no surprise that Jose has been named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People twice. But this chef does not cook for the money or fame. There is a much simpler motivation behind what he does. Where did your love of cooking begin? My love for cooking was watching my father and mother. Uh, both were uh, nurses. You didn't buy bread for five days. Mm -hmm. Every morning you will go to the bakery and you will buy the bread that was freshly baked. And if you ate fish that day, we will go to buy the fish. Thank you. And what is this? A little boiled gamba, gambita. Sure. Will you, but will, will you show me how to eat one of these? Oh, yeah. 
because I'm always... Well, what are you doing with four? See? Yeah? See? Hello. Okay. This what are is, your hands for? This Look is at, what I asked. You, you have beautiful hands for what? <laughs> um, but obviously, the, the head, okay. which is fascinating. Okay. All the uses are in the head. You know, everybody talks about learning how to cook. Nobody ever talks about learning how to eat. If you know how to eat, you're going to enjoy much more this social moment of being around a table and food. It's important learning how to eat, even more than learning how to cook. You cannot be a good cook if you don't know how to eat. So you're going to eat a shrimp that is sweet, then you eat the tail, and then you suck the head. Simplicity. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, thank you for that. I'm not going to charge you. <laughs> that was so, awesome. In Spain, we cook every day home. It was a necessity. Um, you couldn't afford to go out. That will be only for very special occasions. The amazing thing was that the cooking at home always was very good, especially the cooking at the end of the month. I don't remember any dishes that my dad did at the beginning of the month when you will get the paycheck. But the dishes of the last week of the month mm. before the next paycheck, when then the refrigerator was but empty. Sure. And then you will have the little leftovers of the roasted chicken. You had to get creative. And the little leftovers mm. of the two slices of ham that they are semi-dry that we all seem to have home. Mm. And my mother will make this bechamel milk with flour. And then we'll add the boiled egg chopped and some ham and some pieces of chicken. And that bechamel will be but she will make croquetas with croquettes. The reason why I wanted to do this show is because I really feel like food is the beginning of our story. And I think what you just said really captures the essence of this show, which is that the memories that we create over food are really the stories of our lives. I wish I remember the moment that my mother fed me for the first time. Yes. This is a, has to be a powerful moment on mm -hmm. that I'm feeding you now, yes. and that's your beginning. And I'm yeah. going to keep feeding you until you are ready to go into the world. Mm -hmm. Think about it for a second. Mm -hmm. One of the first things very much we do. <laughs> right, we're getting nourished. And right? that's important. Mm -hmm. And it's not only physical nourishment, but it's the warmth, the, the caring. The, uh, I'm loving you. To the degree what you do when you bring somebody to the table. You are feeding them, you're nourishing them. What is it like for you because that's what you're doing when, as a chef. You are nourishing people and you are giving them that warmth. What is that like for you? I love to see the reaction when the plate of food is dropped on the table. I love to see their looks when they see a plate passing by that is not for their table and all of a sudden they are <laughs> food like envy. Yes. trying to ask for it. I want that. I love the moment that people bring the fork to their mouth and sometimes they close their eyes. Mm -hmm. and when they open them up, saying, wow, I'm fascinated by this. But yes. And this is a moment, obviously, I look for mm -hmm. in people that are totally strangers. Yes. And uh, quite frankly, obviously, it's my profession. But it's satisfying to you yeah. to see that, yeah. to see that you Super are satisfying. nourishing and satisfying them and really changing their mood, changing their energy. But you hope for the better. Yes. <laughs> When Jose came to the U.S. more than 25 years ago, he brought a style of food and eating that Americans hadn't seen before. 
tapas, small plates of savory dishes designed to create an experience with every bite. This culinary revolution led to James Beard Awards and Michelin stars. A lot of people has always credited me for bringing tapas to America, and that's far away from the truth. Even I love to hear it. <laughs> that's why for me it's been always very important to be telling the story of the many yes. people before me. Uh, we're talking probably over 100 years. But it changed the way people eat. People were now sharing food. Yes. Where before they but, would get away from my plate. But there was a very simple solution. Move your plate 20 <laughs> inches towards you and problem solved. And you know what? Bring your fork and bring your knife and protect your territory. But believe me, it's not the type of people I want to be with. Right. Even sometimes, Right. myself. <laughs> I go to a restaurant, and the first thing I say, no sharing, okay? I want the plate for me. <laughs> I always say, let's order two. My husband, well, you can have one, I can have one. That's a good thing. Yes, too. let's order two. But that's what Haleo became. Haleo Restaurant in Washington, D.C. opened in 1993. It was Jose's first chance to bring his love of Spanish cuisine to America, and it was a hit. A great place, a happy place, merrymaking. Mm -hmm. When you think back to when you first started, you're at Haleo, and now with restaurants all over the world, Mexico City, the Bahamas, isn't it amazing how your success has really blossomed? Well, I think my favorite line, I think that success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. <laughs> and I think you can see here, I'm, I hope, Enthusiasm is something I don't like. <laughs> You're enthusiastic for certain. So I always learn to knock on the door when I want something. And if the door doesn't open, I keep knocking. Mm. And if it, the door is closed, I'll find a window. Mm. But if you don't achieve the things you dream, it's because you didn't try hard enough. Mm. What, what part of what you do, from being in the kitchen to be, being out in the dining room and being hospitable, to running an empire, what part do you enjoy the most? What, what part is most Jose Andres of the restaurant business? We'll have more on his answer in just a moment, but first. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Now back to our conversation. What part is most Jose Andres of the restaurant business? I love 
the creation moment. When we are coming up with a new dish and we have to be working on it. Because I believe I am a cook at heart. But if you tell me I'm 49 right now, where I will be when I'm 75, probably will tell you I'll be in a tiny bar with six or eight chairs cooking behind that bar. If you like anchovies, those are gonna change your life forever. Can I use my fork? Yeah, for this, yeah. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This size is to die for. Very good. Thank unbelievable, you. right? Unbelievable. And I feel like, especially in America, we are becoming increasingly divisive in on many levels. And food is the one thing that can bring us together. It is the one thing that we can agree on that no matter where you live in the world, sitting down to a meal with delicious food and having great conversation really gets to the heart of what life is about. I, I think food is probably the most powerful tool we have today to bring the people of the world together mm -hmm. in ways we never uh, thought about. Though he built a career using revolutionary techniques and molecular gastronomy, it was actually a simple act that brought him international fame. In 2017, when Hurricane Maria ripped across Puerto Rico, the storm left the island in utter despair. Jose arrived with the help of World Central Kitchen. He did what any good cook would do, simply start cooking. Hello, people of America, people of the world. Today, big news. We are about to reach one million meals cooked by the men and women of Puerto Rico. Big day. I love you. Within one week, he had fed a million people, then a million more. His efforts received worldwide recognition and led to him being named Humanitarian of the Year by the James Beard Foundation. The reason I went is because I saw what was happening and I felt like, wow, I think this looks worse than, than even TV's claim. And you, I do what I've done many times before. I got on a plane and I landed. I began planning. Puerto Rico was the adventure of my lifetime I never imagined Why do you was say that? going to happen. Because it became like an adventure. An adventure that had him crossing makeshift bridges, getting on boats, being helped by the National Guard to simply get the food where it needed to be. An adventure that had him learning firsthand the needs of the Puerto Rican people. By pushing ourselves to do that work, we become very strategic in what the needs of the people are. And we know who is sick and requires special, special nutrition. And, 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 and we learn about what neighborhoods or what little towns are in the most need. We become more than anything intelligence. Intelligence about what happened. And you only achieve that intelligence when you bring one plate of food at a time to the people. And you look at them at the eyes and they tell you about their issues. And when you do that hundreds of thousands of times, millions of times, you have so much information that you are so powerful. If we get a big drop of food and we send it in the middle of the forest and you disappear, this is not providing food aid. This is just throwing money at the problem. 
let's throw money at the problem and hopefully the problem will go away. What we did was in a very strategic way trying to learn the real needs of the island. But what was it like to go from a chef and restaurateur to a caretaker and a humanitarian? Well, I, I, I don't see myself a humanitarian. I just see myself as a, of a cook that puts uh, to the service of others. Yeah. Did you realize at the beginning of your career when you wanted to just feed people and you wanted to be a cook that you would take on something so enormous and that it would change you personally? Um, at the end of the day, when you feed one person and you never did it before, it seems like, wow, I did it. And then you do 10, and then you do 100, and then you do 1,000. And at the end, it just becomes easier. It's not, to me, it's not any different cooking for one than cooking for a million. All of this work has changed the trajectory of your life and mm. what you want to do in the future. I mean, can you now see a disaster and not think differently? Yeah. It's harder sometimes when, you know. Um, I was going back to my hotel and in San Juan it was raining and I was going to the comfort of my hotel room but I knew there was hundreds of thousands of Puerto Ricans that didn't have any cover, no blue tarps, because somebody didn't prepare for them in a, in a hurricane highway. But at the same time I was having a very strange relief of happiness because that's when you the people we couldn't deliver water to they were drinking clean water mm. and, and you know it's not to get emotional about it it's only trying to be pragmatic about it yeah. how it's possible that we had Americans that they had to depend on rain water as they were getting wet and they were unhappy but as they were getting rained down, they were happy. Yeah. And when you have to go through that cycle of thought, it's very confusing. But that happens. And, and, and the people of Puerto Rico, really, to me, they were amazing heroes in their patience. Uh, we are in this moment of having a conversation about uh, do we take care of people, or people should take care of their own. If you are powerful and you have the means, probably you shouldn't care. You're right. You should build yourself a castle and live within the castle. But then don't leave the castle because I don't want you in part of the other world. But cannot be that we are thinking about building walls of exclusion when what we need is walls of inclusion, hospitals and community service. It's one thing to follow your dream and to live your passion and to do what you love, which you have done. It's another thing to take what you love and, and to change lives and to impact people in the grand way that you have impacted people. How has your life changed because of that shift? Well, uh, on the Grapes of Wrath, John Toad said, uh, whenever there is a fight so hungry people may eat, I will be there. Um, you know, I, I feed the few. I feed the few and the powerful. But I think when you have the opportunity to feed the many, uh, it will be sad not to take that opportunity. And cooks like me, we can feed the many. 
Um, but many don't. You did. Many do. The, the, the restaurant food community is very powerful in more ways than we know. I think what I'm very proud is that my food community, especially in America, more and more are getting hands-on on trying to be voices of change. I do believe in the America we all love. Everybody should be having a plate of food. After our incredible conversation at Bodega 1900, Jose takes me to one of his favorite places in the world, La Boqueria, one of the largest and most impressive food markets in the world. For any food lover, this is a pilgrimage, a feast for the eyes. The colors, the flavors, the fish, the nuts, the spices. This is a true food mecca. One of my favorite places is there, Pinocchio. Let's go, let's go. Why, why is it one of your favorite places? Well, humble, small, the same guy for more than 50 years every morning. He's 83, Juanito. Is that him right there? Yeah. Oh. Juanito, hello. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And, fantastic. and take a look at the market, right? It's um, it's a gathering place. It's, it's the heart of the city where people like him become true heroes of the city. When you uh, think about what it means to be a Spanish chef, and you're an American, but you are first and foremost Spanish, uh, do you think of Juanito? and everything he represents. I mean, uh, he's one of my heroes. Take a look at his smile. And the way he engages with everybody, ain't easy. To a degree, he's a bridge. I am a bridge. Immigrants, we are bridges. And I show people that we are much more alike than different. And that's why immigrants are so important in the DNA of what America stands for, more than any country in the history. Immigrants are bridges that brings us together the brings walls down and that's why immigrants are so important and that's why America has become what it became by endorsing immigrants as a way of life. We will not protect Americans by building walls because if we have people that are hungry and we have people that are in need, every mother and every father will do whatever it takes to take care of their children. They will go over the wall, under the wall or around the wall. That's why walls is not the solution. And immigrants, hopefully, we're the ones that we have that truth. We are bridges, and bridges will always win the day. Well, cheers to bridges. Cheers to bridges. Salud. Are you hungry? <laughs> After the meal we had? I mean, this should be the first show that you have two meals. Jose Andres has achieved massive success as a culinary genius, a pioneer, a trailblazer. This immigrant has made a living not just feeding, but dazzling the most wealthy people in our country with his innovative dishes. But it was his ability to feed those who needed it most that is so special. His ability to simply arrive in a devastated land like Puerto Rico and just get cooking. Nourishing bodies, spoon-feeding hope to people who so desperately needed it. Of all the fancy cooking tricks he's learned, this may just be the most memorable. Thanks for listening to To Dine For, the podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For, the podcast, American National and Spiritless. 
Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.